everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. So we're going to start this podcast off with a story that is really hard to believe is a real thing. Um, coming out of Hyderabad, India, uh, a woman had a stroke at the wash bowl, um, had her hair back, was getting a shampoo, um, and suffered a stroke. Uh, the story, which is available via firstpost.com, details what the heck went on. Um, have you ever heard of this before we get into the specifics? Like somebody suffering a stroke in the salon? I have not, but how terrifying. And now, oddly enough, I'm getting my hair done tomorrow. Oh, no. So thanks. Um, I'm never going to unhear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the good <laughs> news is that this really is only worrisome for folks who are already suffering from an issue, okay. atherosclerosis. Uh, so if they've got some arteries that are already blocked back there, the head going back, some pressure can cause real damage, um, like the woman who suffered the stroke. If you don't have this pre-existing condition, it is, we are told by the doctors sourced in this article, that it's basically impossible for you to suffer a stroke. Okay. So provided you don't have something going on. I'm not to not to my knowledge, but I really <laughs> I really do enjoy the shampoo and conditioner experiment. Who doesn't? With the hot towel and the massage. And you know, I'm totally there for it. But now this creepy memory has crept itself into my psyche. Yeah. And so I shall think about this poor woman. And this tomorrow. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Lennon. Volume. Up. You know, I, I do what I can. Um, and we want everybody here to hear about it too, because it was just so strange. Like when this came across our desk, um, this was one where I felt like we gotta gotta talk about it. Because it's very clickbaity. You're like, I'm sorry, what? Suffered a beauty parlor stroke at the hair salon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, we're clicking on it for sure, mm -hmm. but then come to find out. It's very, very, very far and few between and with the pre-existing condition. So Correct. we're here to set the record straight. Please do enjoy that wash at the bowl. Yeah. And charge extra. Um, would be curious if you've, you know, listeners, have you experienced a beauty parlor stroke? Um, I'd like to know. I'd like to know. Let's you can get in touch with us. All right. So on our last episode, I talked with Grega Prothero. Grega is a master stylist and founder of Grega, a diverse and inclusive salon space where talented hairdressers stay up with current trends and share new techniques, as well as master the hair classics we all know and love. Located in Los Angeles, Grega is best known for its laid back, welcoming environment and vibe. It's so beautiful. They also specialize in vibrant color, lived in looks and accentuating curls. Born in the Philippines and raised in Los Angeles, over the years, Grega has built an impressive cult following. And in 2020, she joined forces with their husband, Colin, to open the doors of Grega, where clients come to both indulge and transform. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volumeup at thetease.com. This week, we're talking with Josh Kumo. Josh has always been into styling his own hair. For his 13th birthday, he asked his parents for a pair of clippers, and in the summer of 1998, he got his wish. He continued to cut hair, including his own, his brother's hair, most of his friend's hair. In 2005, realizing cosmetology school education was brief and inexpensive, he decided to enroll. For his 29th birthday, he set a goal that he would open a salon within a year, and 10 months later, hair opened to the public. From there, his empire only grew. He decided to create his own hair oil. He wanted to love something enough to sell to customers and use with each client, no matter their received service. And soon he saw a need to help stylists create virally trending hairstyles on social media platforms and ColorMap was born. 
This patented technology helps artists visually see results before application and is used by numerous educators across the globe to teach color theory. As he moves forward with building Josh Camo Hair the brand, his goal is to educate and motivate more stylists to be their best. Can't wait for this one. It's going to be a good one. Plus his accent. It's incredible. You guys are going to love it. Sounds amazing. I'm interested in color map because what an awesome tool, right? I'm glad that we got to talk to him about it. Um, and if you haven't seen it, we've got links in the show notes, guys. So get into that um, and then listen to the interview. All right. So up in some celeb news, you know, we've mm -hmm. got to talk about what hair experts are saying with the one and only Haley Bieber. She is often sporting a slicked back bun, which God bless, not many people can do. No. At least in my opinion. No. I can't, right? But they're saying that her signature slick back bun, you know, the look of summer, um, it can cause or potentially cause a type of alopecia. So kind of shocking, right? Mm -hmm. So that look became an instant hit on TikTok. More than 126 million hashtags from bloggers, stylists, et cetera, and became one of the hottest trends of 2022. So the updo, it's parting two sections at the front to layer scrape back into a bun tied with an elastic bobble. Again, the staple style. First of all, what do you think about the style? I don't think it's worth getting alopecia, to be clear. But Jeff, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, uh, I mean, generally, I don't think that anybody should do anything that Haley Bieber says. Oh! Um, <laughs> shots fired. Uh, I just don't get the appeal. Honestly, I feel like she's very plain, uh -huh. okay. which is probably not what people because she's very popular so i know that people disagree with me um but is she popular because of beebs like we're we're curious about I mean, the relationship that's a that's a good question i mean as i understand that she was popular before i just i find she looks a lot like her dad um oh i'm just gonna keep rolling it is fired again like she's a nepo baby she looks like her dad which is like the weirder looking baldwin <laughs> um She's apparently very lovely. So like kudos to her. Um, but stealing from a person of color to get your beauty brand off the ground, we don't love. Like we didn't forget about that. And yeah, so like then the clean girl aesthetic is really what she's done. She's like yeah. appropriated something that black and brown people have been doing forever. And now she's like giving people alopecia. Like I don't, I don't know. I, I don't feel like she comes out winning okay. in this regard. So maybe just stop. Yeah, one shots fired, two strikes against her coming out the gate with the one and only Jeffrey London. And now that you have educated me on that, I'm going to agree. We are we are saying that for us, it's not one of the biggest hair talk trends of 2022. Well, or that we don't want to ascribe it to her necessarily. Um, I don't love people are getting alopecia as a result. No. Like nobody wants to lick your edge. But, you know, I just this is this was a tough one sad to see it happening um i would like it to be because you're doing it for yourself and not because you want to copy Haley bieber that's fair that's what my walk away yeah okay i've said it i put it on the record i'm sorry let's talk about things that are trending on our site shall we yeah. let's do that because i feel better about that mm -hmm. um no more Haley bieber our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know but should and here are some of our favorite headlines from the site first up how to do your hair according to these five viral quote-unquote core aesthetics it seems as though each week there's a new viral aesthetic taking over tiktok the aesthetics often ending in core can feel impossible to keep up with however the abundance of niche trends guarantees that there's something for everyone 
head to thetees.com to see a few of the most recent aesthetics dominating the internet right now and how you can use your hair to emulate. My first question for you, having seen the list of the cores, is which core aesthetic are you currently? I, I want to say and believe in my mind mm-hmm. that I'm closest to the royal core, mm. not because I have, you know, flower crowns, which don't really match with me, but I do like the volume. Mm-hmm. I like the curls. Mm-hmm. I like a slight updo. Mm-hmm. I love Bridgerton. I love the hair in it. So I'm kind of there. I mean, the one I'm farthest away from. That's the question. Is- That's the follow up. What are you farthest from? Please. I'm, I'm very far from the weird girl aesthetic. <laughs> the weird thing. But I could see you taking it on. I like a tiny sunglass and some clips, some strategic clip. No, some chunky, maybe vibrant highlights. Twenty, yeah, shoot, maybe thirty years ago. Now, <laughs> I mean, wow. Let's just go ahead and put that out there. Mm. So I'm not into that. I'm also pretty far away from the cottage core. Mm. What about you? I don't know. Like what? I I feel like I'm closest to the weird girl. Um, not because I identify, but I feel like, but I feel like if I look at the the examples, that's probably where I'm aligning. Yeah. Um, a, a part of me likes the idea of cottagecore, but I could never bring myself to look okay. in that vibe. You know that we are have just denoted to our audience that we are almost polar opposites because I'm very far from the weird. I know. Girl. I know, and I'm very close. Very close. Frighteningly close. Which are you farthest from? Probably Barbie core. Yeah, I think I'm done with that. My my skin's too red. I can't wear pink. I can't like pink hair. It's that's not. It doesn't. It doesn't suit everybody. It's not for everyone. We're gonna take it. But as this as the article says, there is something for everyone. There is. All right. If it's not Barbie core. All right. Next up, gift guides are upon us. Mm-hmm. So it's only natural that we start introducing them. The first gift guide that we feel like you should probably know about is the quote best expert approved shampoos to get this holiday season end quote whether you're on the hunt for a new shampoo for yourself or you'd like to gift one this holiday season it can be tough deciding which one to purchase with so many choices since making a decision can be a head scratcher lol we decided to bring in the experts head to the to learn which shampoo you should pick up according to hairstylist heather davis again you've seen the list yes you're checking your list twice Mm -hmm. what are you picking up on what are we adding to cart for yourself or for others? You know, if it's for myself, I'm going to go oldie but goodie, tried and true. I love to have a clean scalp. Mm-hmm. I love the tingly part. <laughs> I love to have as much hair as possible, as much volume as possible. So I'm going with the Nioxin system. I mean, Classic. it's amazing. I think if I'm gifting though, it's definitely, I'm still in the bond builders. It's the Olaplex because there is still, there is still a nation of people who do not know about the Olaplex yet. Mm-hmm. And when you turn them on to it, you automatically become their hair bestie. So yep. I was just thinking yeah. what I would want to unbox on any insert holiday would be Olaplex. So I'm with you on that one. All right. Also on the site right now, which especially relevant because we're in the thick of it is fall hair trends that we can't get enough of when one season concludes and another begins it can be exciting to switch up your wardrobe and alter your look this desire for a fresh new style also extends to hair with fall now in full swing there couldn't be a more perfect time for a major refresh and as luck would have it 
This season has been full of exciting new cuts, color styles, and hair accessory trends. Head to thetees.com to see some of our favorites thus far. My question, which of these trends are you most into? You know, I think I could get into the chunky headband. Amazing news. The claw clip, I'm going to go ahead and say I just bought some of those too. Because if you notice, I have a little bit of a half up, half down. A uh-huh, little bump. And there is a tiny claw clip back there. And so <laughs> I'm sort of living that one as we speak right now. Wow. You heard it here, everybody. <laughs> um, the, claw, the claw clip has made its way to Kelly Ellers. I feel like that's good. We should embrace this. The claw clip is, it's got staying power. It's back. It's here to stay. It's here to stay. Um, I I wrote down that I feel like you would look really good with a chunky headband. So I'm pro. I'm pro you experimenting. I feel like of the trends in this story, okay. that was the one I was like, I would like to see more of this. Others, truthfully, I could be done with. But the chunky headband, like, let's make that a thing for fall. It's fun. All right. I may show up on the pod with a chunky headband. I mean, I certainly would love to see it. Um, audience, they'll be in the dark until this drops on YouTube. As always, so much going on at Tease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, my interview with Josh Camo. Josh Camo has always been into styling his own hair. For his 13th birthday, he asked his parents for a pair of clippers, and in the summer of 1998, he got his wish. After continually cutting hair through high school, in 2005, realizing cosmetology school education was brief and inexpensive, he decided to enroll. For his 29th birthday, he set a goal that he would open a salon in one year, and 10 months later, hair opened to the public. From there, his empire's only grown. He decided to create his own hair oil, enter Monte Rio Hair and Body Oil, and when he saw a need to help stylists create virally trending looks, ColorMap was born. This patented technology helps artists visually see results before application and is used by numerous educators across the globe to teach color theory. As he moves forward with building Josh Kumo Hair, the brand, his goal is to educate and motivate more stylists to be their best. All right, guys, we are joined by Josh. Josh, welcome to the Volume Up podcast. Thanks for being here. Let's get into it. For those who don't know who you are, let's talk about it. Tell them about how you get started in the salon professional business. So my name is Josh Como. I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm 37 right now. I actually started cutting hair when I was 13 years old. Um, I was a kid at like five. I had my own hair products, my own brush. <laughs> um, like my friend's parents were like, why don't y'all fix your hair like Josh? Because uh, my hair was always fixed. So I mean, it's kind of like my identity. But um, when I was 13, I had an older cousin and uh, he had a tight fade, 90s fade, uh, uh-huh. bald, and he was cutting hair. So I said, you cut my hair, Steve? He's like, yeah. So anyway, he cut my hair a few times. I was like, well, who cuts yours? He said, well, I'll cut it myself. I said, well, how you do it? He said, I'll just take the clippers and, you know, one guard, change it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So I, for my 13th birthday, I said, mom, I get a pair of clippers. She was like, I guess so. Sat my little brother down and I was like, I'll cut your hair with a number four. That way, if I mess up, you know, bring you to a barbershop. You got more. Yeah. And I've lived <laughs> by that concept my entire career, like cut a little bit and then like leave yourself a uh, margin for error. Mm. But anyway, by the time I got to high school, I was cutting five of my buddy's hair, did it throughout high school just for fun. So I had tops, which is like a Louisiana scholarship. Mm-hmm. I always said I was never going to go to college. My parents were like, you got a scholarship, at least try it. Went two semesters at LSU. 
I was like, no, <laughs> not for me. I was good in school. I, I mean, A and B's yeah. entire, you know, but I was just like, so quit college, moved back to Lafayette, started working with my family and uh, they were bricklayers. Mm. And I started working in construction at 13 as well. So anyway, that summer, summer went by working, whatever. September rolls around. I'm pushing a wheelbarrow. I'm like, oh, this is real life. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, this ain't for me. Oh, yeah. So I started, um, I've always been into cars. So I was like, I'm either going to build cars or, you know, go to hair school. Thought about it. I was like, I want to keep cars a hobby. But I, I also want to work inside because I, yeah. I knew I want to work outside for the rest of my life. Yeah, no, it's hot as hell in Louisiana. Let's be clear. <laughs> like muggy. No, no, no. Like makes sense. It makes. Yeah, it's very hot out here. <laughs> so I, I looked in a barber school and barber school was the same amount of time as Cosmo. And I was like, if I cut guys hair all day. I'm like, it's, gonna, it's not going to be challenging. It's, it's going to get old, monotonous. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I was like, I'll, I'll try to do women's hair, too. And if I don't like it, you know, I got my license. Yep. So anyway, um, graduated at 21 and then started working in a salon. I worked in the same salon for eight years. And then my friends were opening a shop and I was like, I need, I need a change. So I went there for a year and a half. And then on my 29th birthday, well, when I was 29, I was like, man, I'm getting old. <laughs> and everybody was like, why don't you have your own salon? I was like, I don't want a salon. Like I never did. Mm -hmm. But all those people kind of made me feel bad about it. Uh, well, I felt bad about it, you know, so set a goal at 29, but like, I want to slam for my 30th birthday. Mm. I opened it up in nine months from that time I set that goal. And that's when I really got self-motivated. And then the next year I created the Money Wheel Hair Oil. A year later, I had the idea for Color Map. And then from a year, it took about a year to get that started. Mm -hmm. And then um, that's where I'm at right now. Well, more to the story. I started going back and forth to LA because I was like, you know, all your celebrity status out there. Mm -hmm. So I started building connections, um, promoting. And then in 18, I was like, I was like, man, I love LA and I've never lived really anywhere else. So I was like, the time to do this now. Went to LA. It took about it. I got into Salon in Beverly Hills. And like right when everything was getting good and comfortable, COVID hit. <laughs> and then uh, I decided to move back to Lafayette. I just, I thought it was a smart business move at that point. Yeah. You know, it was like LA was costing me a lot of money and then COVID happened and sales dropped. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, let me get back. You know, I had a full, full clientele in Lafayette. So I called them all back and been working ever since. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to get into all of it because you're doing a lot of things in this space. Uh, but let's talk about school for a minute. So a lot of our listeners are either in school, just wrapped, and there's been a lot of feelings about the experience. They either love it, they hate it, it could be better here. So what is some advice that you might have for somebody that's currently in Cosmo or barbering school? I would say, and I was taught this in hair school, you know, you always have those guest speakers. Try everything while you're in school. Mm. I messed up. I didn't learn how to do sexual services. Um, I didn't learn how to do updos because I was like, I like to cut and color. Yep. And in my school, they kind of picked and choose the person that, you know, did what. They never really forced you to do it. Mm -hmm. So I would say try it all because you never know when you can use it. 
And at least you know about it. If you don't ever do it, you can talk about it. Second thing is practice at your house. Mm. I know they tell you not to. <laughs> do it anyway. Yeah, it's, it's the only way you can build yourself confidence. Yep. I was definitely afraid of bleach. Mm. But, well, the teachers made it scary, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. uh. So I had a friend. I was waiting tables. I would get off of school, go wait tables. I would get off at like 1030 and I would go do some hair. Mm. Uh, we stay up till like midnight, 1 a.m. doing hair, but like doing the bleach at the house, mm-hmm. you know, you, you taught yourself. And I would also say, talk about you being in school or talk about you doing hair. When I went to hair school, everybody thought it was a joke. Mm-hmm. It was like, what you going to do? Like women's hair. I was like, yeah, I'm good at it. Like, I like it. Yeah. So t- talk about it. And when you talk about stuff, uh, people tend to take you more serious. Mm-hmm. And then if they see your work, it's like, oh, let me do it. And people tend to support people that's trying something new. You know, when they see you excited about it, mm-hmm. I was excited about it. I was in a restaurant waiting tables. I was like, yeah, I do hair. I picked up all my first clients in the restaurant. Sick. And then all my, my coworkers were in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say that. And then what I've also learned is you define your own success. Mm. Like, if you're happy doing this or doing that, it's okay. Yeah. You know, as long as you're happy, that's all that really matters. Mm. Uh, like the salon, I ended up selling my salon so I could move to, to Cali. But I realized, I was like, that wasn't my dream. Yeah. Like it's, but I don't regret the experience. I learned business, sure, sure. learned time management, which most hairstylists are probably bad with time. <laughs> yeah, let's be real. Yeah, and then it also taught me how to deal with stress way better. Mm. And I'm still working on that to this day, just because you get different levels of stress now. Yep. So, but um, yeah, all you Cosmo students, keep it fun, mm. have fun with it, be excited about it, and always. Always keep learning because the learning going to the hair shows is what keeps you motivated, up to date. And then always ask your clients how they feeling or like what they want. Because sometimes they timid, you know, mm-hmm. they want to try something new, but they scared. So it's like, hey, you want to try something new? Like you'll get them excited with your energy. Mm, I love that. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that learning part. Um in terms of the the challenge, like you just encourage people to like go out to hair shows to keep learning when they can. Um, oftentimes, people are looking for somebody else to help them in that process. They look for a mentor. In your experience, has mentorship been important for your growth, for your journey, or have you not really needed a mentor? What are your thoughts there? I was telling a story the other day. One of my clients said, uh, you know, uh, Jude Dartmouth? I said, yeah. I said, Jude's the one that taught me how to understand haircutting. Mm. and I didn't realize what a mentor was at 21 years old, but yeah. my friend was working in a shop and he was one of the best in my town. So I was like, yeah, I'll go, you know, in hair school, it's, um, they teach you how to follow guides. And then it's like, everything's kind of perfect. Uh-huh. He's the one that taught me the hair needs to look good down here, not up here. People have different textures all throughout. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn how to manipulate it to make it look good. It's not, it doesn't have to be perfect. I don't cut perfect. People tell me I cut ass backwards, uh, but it works for me. You know, it's just, yeah. uh, it's a visual concept for me. So yes, mentors learning from others will save you a lot of time. But on the other hand, you have to be self-motivated and not scared to try new things. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, I always live by 
margin of error. Like when somebody tells me an inch, I cut a half just in case they move in, mm-hmm. just in case I miss something, like they might have a thin spot. Just take your time. People will appreciate you taking your time over you rushing and messing it up. Mm. Like I used to, when I did Bane's when I first got started, little bitty, yeah. look how it felt. Yep. Like yep. they probably thought I didn't know what I was doing. Smart though. <laughs> but it's just. But you did know what you were doing. I mean, that's to save yourself the heartache in the end when people are pissed about, you know, it's just a little too short. Because what are you going to do? If they get into micro bang, like it doesn't work for everybody. One of the first things I learned uh, from one of the barbers in my town too is it's not how good you can cut, it's how well you can fix it. Mm. You know, and it just so happened a lot of my first clients like, hey, I got my hair messed up. Can you fix it? We've been there. So I've been there. It really taught me how to manipulate hair in a way that I can do a lot. You know, it it taught me how hair works. So that was like a blessing I even know was a blessing. It's like fix my haircut, so I had to kind of figure out how to blend it. And those blending techniques is what taught me how to cut hair really well. Mm-hmm. And at one point when I was like 24, everybody kept saying your haircuts last forever. I was like, <laughs> okay, I didn't know what that meant, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was like, well, if they look like they saying that, just keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely, and a lot like. Ego kind of gets in the way and is like, oh, let yeah. me try to figure out, but why not save yourself some time? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, in that vein, let's talk a little bit about what the hardest parts of being a stylist are. I mean, you've sort of alluded to it. You told, you know, people maybe rush, they shouldn't, they're maybe not great about time management. From your perspective, like what are the biggest challenges been for you personally as a stylist? Um, okay, lately, I've been so busy. The whole People texting me mm-hmm. for appointments. I get texts at 10 o'clock at night, 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. They have technology out there to streamline the process. And I finally started like telling everybody, hey, book online or call the shop. Mm-hmm. Setting up those uh, boundaries for yourself. Yep. And I'm just learning this in the last couple of months. Like, yeah. But that's truthful. That's what people want to hear. I mean, they're struggling with this stuff too. So, I mean, there's plenty of listeners that are out there that are like, oh, like it's a good problem to have. But at the same time, it'll make you go crazy. Like you can't be responding at all hours of the day to people when there are processes, you know? You got to disconnect. The other thing, when I first started, my prices were kind of high because I was in a high-end shop. Like I had the yep. confidence to be like, hey, I want this place. But as time went on, I had a hard time raising my prices. Um, hmm. So that's, I learned all my new clients, give them the new higher price, and then gradually bring in the old clients up mm-hmm. and then say, listen, I'm still giving you a, a break because you have all your loyalty. Yep. Um, but you have to take care of yourself in that aspect too. And then one thing I learned as well is never discount your service. I would say give it for free because once you discount it, it's going to be hard to say your regular price. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's one horror lesson I learned. Like, don't discount your service. If anything, discount your products. Uh, what I used to do too a lot is if I had a little bit of product left and I knew they needed it, I give them the, the last little bit. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they started buying. Yep. <laughs> and it was like, they felt special because I just, I was like, listen, take this. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's, that came with talking to them about what they had at their house, what they didn't have. And then that's how you, you kind of learn how to sell the products. Because if you tell everybody, buy all this at once and it doesn't work for them, yep. they lose trust in you. Yep. And they're not going to buy again. Exactly. 
but yes, off the top of my head. Some gems in there. No, no, no. That was great. I mean, again, as we said, like we are hearing all sorts of stuff and I know that that's going to resonate with our listeners. Um, let's go back to something you've talked about, which is product development, like somewhere along the way. You're like, I'm going to do something else. Um, and the something else that we're going to talk about is Monte Rio. So how the hell did this happen? Like one day you woke up and you're like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, talk us through that part first. And then we'll get into all of the specs. So I had the salon and then uh, I was dating this girl. We ended up breaking up. It was like, and it was around Christmas. And I was like, kind of just feeling down. Mm-hmm. And my older cousin, she lives in Dallas. I hadn't seen her in like 10 years. So we in at Christmas and I'm like, she developed a paint line. Mm. So I'm like, oh, I was asking her about that. And she was like, well, why don't you have your own hair products? I was like, you either gotta be rich or famous to do that. She was like, no, you don't. She was like, all you have to do is find the manufacturer. Yep. Tell them what you want. They'll develop it for you. You test it out and you tweak it and you go from there. So I was like, all right. And then my salon, uh, the product line I had, I loved all their products except the oil. And oil was always my go-to product for people because it was one product that could change the hair mm-hmm. instantly, mm-hmm. you know? So I was like, if I'm going to do a product that I, uh, I'm passionate about, it, it is oil. So anyway, like after Christmas, I guess it was a week later, I was like, just do it. You know, I was like, mm. I, I used to spend a lot of money going out, you know, uh, being social. I was like, if I spin this, I was like, I'm not losing out. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm investing mm-hmm. in myself. Sure. So, so I did it. And then uh, from, I think I had a product. I started, like I said, early January. I had pro- a thousand pieces. Uh, April 1st got delivered. Like, I didn't sleep those four months. I don't, rec- <laughs> I don't recommend it. Uh, <laughs> looking back, but it's like I had to. I didn't want to talk myself out of it. Mm. You know, I second guess myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I did that. And then that's when LA pops in my head. It's like, if anything starts in LA, it's going to come East. So I started talking to people and then one of my friends introduced me to a celebrity makeup artist, Ashley Gomilla, sent her some product. She said, I love it. And I'm like, that's it. So I was like, Hey, I'm booking a trip to LA. Can we meet up? <laughs> She's like, yeah. And then that weekend, she introduced me to 10 celebrity stylists, got my product out. Boom. And I think that was the confidence I needed to, you know, roll with it. Mm-hmm. All right. So speaking of rolling with it, what is Monteria? It's mainly organ oil, mm-hmm. uh, but it's infused with vitamin and antioxidants. The problems with most oils are they topical. You know, they don't really absorb in the hair and that's what leaves you. Yep. Yeah. It leaves your hair feeling a little greasy. It might make you feel better, but it's not like actually repairing it <laughs> not doing anything <laughs> yeah and then when i was creating it i was like well if it's good for hair why can't it be i, I just saw skin oils mm-hmm. for the first time like that month mm-hmm. so i was like well let's make it all better and the manufacturer like listen that's the hardest thing to do is formulate a product for both so but he like we did it like it works just as good as a moisturizer as it does a hair oil Guys are loving it for their beards. Mm-hmm. If you get sunburn, it literally will take the redness out. <laughs> like it works, it repairs, it protects. But yeah, I was like, I'm kind of like that bang for your buck type person. Sure. <laughs> and I saw, so I was like, I want a luxury product, but still multi purpose. And um, that's how we got it. That's, that's how I kind of came up with the formula. Sick. 
how can people get their hands on it? So, I mean, obviously they might know you from Instagram. Um, we will be linking to everything. So this is the opportunity to plug. How can they find Monte Rio? Uh, J-O-S-H-C-O-M-E-A-U-X hair.com. That's an online store. Now I have a, a distributor in South Florida, Pro Styling Tools. Mm-hmm. I do, um, I got into Nigel's Beauty Emporium in LA recently. Cool. But uh, yeah, it's mainly online. But yeah, it's, um, like I said, it's it's super absorbing. Like you can, you almost can't put too much. Like I tried it. I put like eight pumps in a girl's hair when they came back to the salon. I was like, you wash your hair? She was like, no. I said, awesome. Now it looked a little soft, but it wasn't oily looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we know that that's the, the deal with some other competitors on the market. Um, so talk to us about like then, you know, what that process has been like. Like it's one thing not sleeping, but getting product out. It's been a few years. People have been using it. What's the response been like? What are you, you know, excited about for that brand? Because we're going to talk about another brand in a minute. Well, so the last, this was like six years ago, I started everything. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I've made a lot, a lot of mistakes. Uh, <laughs> Such as? Care to share? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, One of the mistakes I've learned and all like, as I got started, I had all these ideas like get in celebrity stylists, get it, mm-hmm. you know, get the right people using it. The problem is a lot of that costs money. Uh, exactly. So like influencers, they want, they want to get paid. Yep. And what I kind of, like what I've learned over the years is you drive sales up before you start marketing. Like you learn your customers, you learn who you, who's, who are your users before you start spending dollars, wasting money. Mm-hmm. That was a learning curve. And you know, I, I, I was all excited. So I started spending money, but nobody even knew what the product was. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> that was like one of my biggest mess ups. Hmm. The other kind of mess up I had when I had the idea for color map, I kind of pushed the oil off to the side. I was like, man, this is the game changer. Like, this is what I need to focus on. And I kind of pushed that to the back burner, even though I had my value users mm-hmm. and customers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you um, most entrepreneurs have a million ideas and I'm, I'm learning right now, I have a, ADHD. I didn't even know what that was when I got started. Mm. I just went, went, went. Yep. Never. <laughs> it was always what's next, what's next. And it's like, so I had to kind of, I've been learning how to work with myself more. Mm. <laughs> That's honest. And I, I read this like over the summer. And it's like, if you want to be good in business, you got to learn how to master yourself. Mm. And I, I started thinking about that. And I'm like, yeah, I got Sometimes I got no control on what I'm like, just go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And finally this year, everything kind of caught up, overwhelmed, anxiety. So it's just like learning how to work myself is my new goal right now mm. to like keep me moving. <laughs> and you're doing a lot of moving. No, no, no. So, I mean, but that's honest. And that, that I, I keep saying it this way because people need to hear it. Like, it takes a lot to keep these things going. And sometimes we like bin burn out, spin out on things that we shouldn't necessarily. So it's important to hear, you know, people saying like, this is what my experience was like. Maybe you don't have that thing coming up, but maybe you do. And like, this is what I did. This might be helpful. Um, well, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I would say I didn't even know I had anxiety until like real recently. And then once I realized I had it, I was like, I've had this all my entire life. Yep. And then I, 
I was always, when I started this business, I kind of got more reserved. I wanted to be a businessman. So I was, but I held my back myself back a lot. And I was like, I never talked about my feelings or how I felt. And that's why I'm like, I'm really trying to just be super honest because it's like, I didn't even know if I'd have known this five years ago, I could have did way better in life. <laughs> and that's the truth. That's the truth. Honest to God, like it takes a little bit of introspection sometimes. Um, and that's, you know, kind of what the fun of this podcast is. Like we get to learn from people like you that are doing shit out there. Yeah. Uh, so talk to us. About, I mean, you, you mentioned it already color map. So you had Monterio and then all of a sudden you had this other idea, which often happens with entrepreneurs. So talk to us about color map. How the hell did this come up? And like, what are we doing there? So I was doing this guy's hair. He's like, I want silver. I have never been a big vivid color artist. Yep. And so I went by three brands of silver. I bleached them out. His hair wasn't lifting. It still has some yellow in it. So I'm like, man. So I bleached it out again, stressing. Mm-hmm. I put all three silvers on a napkin. I was like, well, this looks the most blue. That's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Let me roll with this. Like I said, just rushing. Did it and it had pulled that green tint. I was like, man. I was like, if this napkin would have been yellow, I would, I could have saw exactly what I had. Uh-huh. I'm like, I know how to manufacture now. So I was like, let me just make a yellow napkin. I started thinking about this. I was like, I need to bring more value to this tool instead of just a cheap napkin. Mm-hmm. So we started testing materials. Uh, we started looking for manufacturers. We went with a uh, color watercolor paper. It's never been made before, so we had to find it. And then I brought in uh, one of my uh, my buddies as a business partner. Mm-hmm. He was more of a business guy. I was like, listen, you can handle this. I'll handle the rest. So anyway, we started working together, got it patented. Uh, from the time I had the idea to the product in hand was about a year. A little bit longer. Three and a half year. Yeah, and then we couldn't even... Since it's never been made, they couldn't make us samples. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the most stressful part. We had to order 2,000 pieces off the jump. I was like, praying to God, this works. So we got the shipment in. I went by some, some color and I was like, yes, this works. <laughs> and then, but in that year too, I was learning more and more about social media. Mm-hmm. I started a feature page from my recommendation of my buddies. He was like, man, this is how you can start networking. Uh, build relationships with artists and I started going on more hair shows, just meeting everybody in the industry. And, you know, so I, I built relationships with a lot of people. So as soon as it happened, I'm like, Boom. Hey, can you try this out? Mm-hmm. So, you know, started sending product out. And um, then from there, we picked up Hairbrain. That's the distributor salons direct out of the UK as a, they one of our biggest distributors. And then the rest has been online. Wow. But that, yeah, all this has been hard. <laughs> like, I didn't realize it was hard up until like now. <laughs> hmm. You know, it's like, man, <laughs> it takes a lot. <laughs> but talk to us, you know, at the basic level. Color map helps to teach color theory. What the hell is color theory for people that are out there that are maybe not as into some of this stuff? So color theory is universal. It's the color wheel and it's as simple as blue cancels out orange, orange cancels out blue, red cancels out green, green cancels out red, and then yellow cancels out purple, and purple cancels out yellow. 
the way Kelomath helps you with that process is when you're lifting a person's hair, you know, too blonde, it's going to come out in levels. So if your hair is black, the first thing that's going to pop up is red, mm-hmm. and then it'll go all the way to pale yellow, and then once it's white, you know, there's not too much hair left. <laughs> I've been there. My hair's dark when I bleach it. <laughs> so, so with that being said, if you can't get the person's hair to as light as you want, you can use the product to formulate. Mm-hmm. You can add a little bit of blue to cancel out some of that brassy tone. And that's, and if you're not, or if you're switching brands, some brands are blue based, some brands are green based. You can swatch them side by side on the same level. What I like to do is I, I like to make one color formula. Mm-hmm. So if I got a couple of different bands, I'm like, let's make a color that's gonna look good on both. So this allows you to, you can formulate to where it looks good on both and pretty, you know, similar. So that's one way to teach it too. And with Vivids, it's the most basic color theory when you're formulating. And for whatever reason, I never even thought of that. Mm. You know, as a, a 10 year hairstylist, I'm like, no, it's like Vivids, you just, it's basic color theory. Now, and the same kind of things for permanent color, but you know, a little bit, a little bit more complex. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> as- how do you think the color map can help the stylist? So if they're not using it already, um, this is an opportunity for them to maybe consider. Um, I mean, you broke it down pretty nicely, but like, why should they pick it up? So uh, honestly, the, the best dye unit is incorporating it with your client consultation. Mm. A lot of people don't understand. Sometimes they can't get the results they want. Yep. But you can show them an option that they'll be happy with. And that extra 15 minutes of formulating going through adds value to your service as for a better experience mm-hmm. uh they get involved so they feel like they really have a say so in it and then it helps you achieve the results that you predicted mm-hmm. you know i mean i've i've seen so many hairstyles like oh it didn't come out exactly like i wanted <laughs> you know like <laughs> and then they try to explain to the client why that blue looked a little green or that green looked a little blue and it's like <laughs> or like, why can't you have pastel pink today? This is why we try lifting your hair, yeah. but we could give you a different version of it or, you know, so I think that would be the ultimate value in the salon experience, Yeah, but it saves you a lot of time and that's where it comes in value for you. I mean, honestly, like best pitch, that was the easiest way to describe it. So you knew the manufacturing process, you had a business partner in place, somebody that would, you know, be able to help you in this way. Um, but like, what is the process for like a lay person to get distribution? I mean, you mentioned some biggies, but like, how the hell does that, like, what meetings are you having? How do you get in touch? Like, lay it out. So, okay, Hairbrain, for instance, mm-hmm. I knew they was on a show in New Orleans. New Orleans was two hours away. I looked up who had it, it Gerard. Yep. Um, I didn't know the other guy yet. I think it's, I want to say Rick, maybe. But anyway, I went to the show and I read some books on how to like start conversations with people. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, nervous. <laughs> so, Gerard, you got a second? He was like, huh? I was like, I was like, he's like, what's up? I was like, man, I got, I got something I want to show you. He was like, what is it? So I told him and he said, well, what you want me to do with this? I said, I was interested if maybe y'all would be interested in selling it on Hairbrain. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll, um, I'll let uh, Lupe boss. That was like his main color girl. Yep. 
Yep. But she's he's out. Let her test it and see what she thinks. So all right. So I got the contact info, you know, emailed back and forth, and they was like, Lupe likes it, and she the, she had questions, answered some questions. Mm-hmm. This is one of the funny things too. They was like, "Where's the instructions?" I was like, "You just mix color and put it on." Like I didn't see what they were seeing. Yep. Because I was like, "Man, this is so simple for you." Yeah. Yeah, because it's like I, I had the whole thought process in my head, but that just taught me, "Hey, I need instructions." And then when you have a distributor, they want you know master carton orders. They want prices like. And luckily, you know, they worked with you. They was like, I was, mm-hmm. I was like, like, y'all my first people, uh, you know, what y'all need. But it's just, it's all that learning curve and, you know, even pricing. You have your retail price, then you have your wholesale price, then you have your distribution price. And it's like, as a, a learning curve right there too. But it's just uh, being patient and not being scared to be like, hey, this is my first time. Uh, but you're missing it. Or if you don't know something, just hurry up and Google it before you reply. <laughs> and then uh, some lines direct, they had some UK artists mm-hmm. using it. And they was like, I work for Salons direct. I think they'd be interested. They made that contact for me. And then, you know, we talked about pricing and shipping and, and then, you know, ship out. But it's just learning. And then they have sales reps for distributors too. This is something I didn't know. The sales reps have the info for all the distribution companies, but you have to work your price into that too. <laughs> you know, everybody wants to cut, but at that point it's quantity over price. Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, it's not being scared to learn. And it's like, if you, if you really want to sell, you're going to make some sales and figure out how you're going to make it. Like it, yeah. one mistake I made too is went to the Birmingham premiere show. Mm-hmm. That right there product cost us eight grand. It was very, very new product. Nobody knew what it was. So it's like people pass by and they would they come talk, but it's like, we don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. That was that's money we shouldn't have spent. What we should have did was go to distribution sales show. You know, pick up some distributors first before we try and make some sales to somebody that doesn't even know our product. Yep. But once again, learning curve. <laughs> yeah, learning curve. No, that's honest. I didn't, uh, I didn't even know they had distribution sales shows. Mm. You know? <laughs> well, and maybe some of our listeners didn't either, so now they do. Um, so, like, again, let's just restate. How the hell can people get their hands on Color Map? Where can they go? Where can they purchase it? Same thing, joshcomorehair.com. Hairbrains has it, and Salons Direct, if you're in the overseas in Europe. Perfect. They all ship it out to you, too. Yeah. Easy, easy. And we're going to include all of those links in show notes. So, you know, when you guys are finished listening, you can just scroll up and find all of that info. All right, Josh, we are almost wrapped, uh, which is kind of crazy because this has gone really fast. It's been fun. And we're going to do our quick takes. Yeah. These are the quick takes that we ask of all of our guests. We're not looking for you to think about it for too long. So just like roll with what comes to top of mind. Um, The first question that we ask is, what is a quote that you love? Uh, Learn. And I just kind of figured out this one, enjoy the process. Cause I've always been all or nothing. And that's been a, a big lesson, especially in the last couple of months is like, just enjoy it. Like, don't take it too serious, learn from it and keep having fun. Uh, I messed up and I took it too serious a lot and I didn't have fun. And I was like, I, I missed that about myself. 
<laughs> well, I've, honestly, like you talked about the the Cosmo profs, or excuse me, the Cosmo students needing to have fun um, when they're in school, and like it's a it's a good through line. Like we should all be trying to have fun if we can. Um, otherwise, what's the point? Exactly. We'll go crazy. All right. What is the last thing that you Googled? Uh, rims for my car. All right. Another through. You were talking about cars at the top of the interview. We're talking about it at the end. Um, did you wind up getting the the rims? You think about it still? No, I need to call. I need to call him and ask him about the tires. But my, one of my dreams since I was a kid was build a race car, mm. and I was like, I need to knock that goal out right now. Um, no, I don't have to, but I have to start the process. Mm-hmm. So this past year, you know, I'm in. Well, the last two years, I've been buying parts, and then I finally started putting it together. And they got a track day in New Orleans, uh, December fifth. So I was like, I set me a little goal, and I was like, that's the last thing I needed. Some racing wheels to like get better handling. <laughs> all right. Well, we want to see how that turns out. You got to send some picks and some bids. Let's, let's get it going. Um, all right. On this podcast, you know, you've been really honest. Let's be real. Um, we talk with our guests about, you know, things that maybe they've done in the past that they're not so excited about in terms of hair or beauty. Uh, so what is a trend that you maybe tried a couple of years back um, that you cringe over now where you're like, I would literally never do that. Like, dude, to this day, I, I had the question. I, I was like, man, I don't know. Because uh, I, I think sometimes we don't cringe. I mean, that's fine, too. You could just be like, yo, I liked what I did. I would never change anything. I don't know. And it's kind of like it's like if that was a style and I gave it my best, I'm not mad about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the things I probably think of is like that hardcore block coloring. And I know the money piece came back in style mm-hmm. and I love it. But it was that old like color blocking that was just it was just harsh lines, you know. What I'm saying? It, like look cool, but if it wasn't done properly, it it wasn't pretty. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but that was like 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, let's not have that one come back. You know, a lot of this stuff is cyclical, but that one, no, nobody needs a harsh line. Um, no. All right, what is one thing that you would change about your daily routine? If you could. I've been working on this too in the last couple months. I would say do the hardest things or the stuff you don't like first in the morning. And that has been huge for me. And I'm currently working on that. I used to try, I, mm-hmm. I used to wake up, go work out, get in the salon, and then come back and try to do all my office work and or social media stuff. I got to the point where I was like, this ain't working. Yep. You know, it's like I started thinking about everything I had to do during the day. It was taken away from me doing better hair, good hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you have to learn what how your mind operates the best. And I think for most people, you you try to do the hardest thing last yep. because it's you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But no, knock that out first. Um, and I I meditate in the morning now, and that helps clear my head, so I can like get a proper take on the day. Instead of waking up like spinning, Mm -hmm. I'm like, take two minutes. I use an app called Headspace. Mm -hmm. Love it. And there's plenty of them out there. But I I try to calm myself down. And then I I, I make a schedule of what needs to be done first. And if you do that and you put a time slot to everything you need to do, it'll get done. To-do lists are kind of bad because you don't have a certain time. Oh, I could do this a little bit later. And then you just start adding and then it's too much. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Um, what animal would you say that you're most like? I do not know. And I thought about that too. 
So I, I looked at the question last night, but I can tell you this much. I love squirrels. I go to a park sometimes and like feed them. Mm. <laughs> okay. And it's like, you got to build that trust with them, but they'll, you know, if you, you take your time and be patient, they'll come hang out. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I can say it. No, no, no. I mean, like, honestly, a squirrel, even if it's not really what you're like, there's kind of some some interest there. Like you, you're talking about having a lot of energy. I kind of see squirrels as being frenetic. They're doing a bunch of shit. Like, Sporadic. you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We are, in addition to being obsessed with hair, product heads. Like we are all trying to find out, like, what is the next best, greatest, coolest thing? Um, you have a couple of products. So I'm going to say you can't tell us those. But what is a product that you use that you could not live without? Uh, texture spray. Mm. Uh, I've been using that to fix my hair for since the pilot last six years. And it's like my favorite product, like my favorite texture hairspray is probably the Orbe dry. And it works amazing. All I do is blow dry my hair up, shoot it a little bit mm-hmm. and it's done for the day. As for like my clients, same thing is like shoot it, give them some volume, the texture, what they want. And so that's like one of my favorites, go-to products. Boom. We love Oribe. All right. Last question. And then we're really going to be done. Uh, And this is kind of a big one. Uh, So look, you're in a position of being pretty damn successful, which is exciting for you. And congrats. Um, How do others get to be successful? We talked a little bit about at the top of the the call, like you got to determine success for yourself. But if somebody wants to be successful, what do you think are the keys to, to getting there? Uh, Number one, you have to believe in yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, take small steps to get there. Mm. You have, like, my buddy told me this quote the other day, it was a sailing quote. Start small, start, uh, go faster. And I've always jumped and went too big. And, you know, when you jump too big and you'll fall way harder. Mm -hmm. So, and there's a term that says fail faster. So if you take smaller steps, learn from your mistakes real, real slow, you'll develop the confidence you need to keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think confidence is key to a lot of this. And if you shy, which, you know, you have to be able to learn how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. If you shy, go to a hair show and, you know, go up to people. I could talk to anybody, but when I was by myself, it scared me. Mm -hmm. So I went to a hair show by myself in Orlando right before I opened my salon. And I told myself, you're going to be bored or you're going to meet some people. I went to meet some people. And if you're scared to say something, ask them a question or compliment them on something you like about their outfit, whatever. It'll just break that that barrier down. Mm. But yeah, learn. If you're not confident, there's ways to build it. And it's just taking small steps. And in this information age, everything's out there for free. That's the truth. YouTube it, read it. I mean, the whole manufacturing process, I read about it. You know, I just, you have to learn. Mm-hmm. And then if you if you mess up, you just say, what did I learn from this so I don't do it again? Yeah. And I think those probably be the top three. Boom, boom, boom. All right, Josh, it's been a pleasure. It was really nice getting to know you. We appreciate how honest you were. I think like people are going to walk away being like, oh, 
not alone. Definitely do those things. Um, and I'm sure that they've learned some things along the way. Uh, so really, thank you for your time. Uh, come back anytime. Um, but we are going to be bothering you about this race car situation. Uh, so you're going to be sending us some pics and some bits. Oh, we'll plug on that too. Thank you very much. I had a blast. You're very welcome. All right. Cool. Have a good day. All right. So I was fascinated by the color map. I mean, I love that. I want to check out. It's genius. Before I go there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's just like good for him for actually making this thing happen. Um, Good on him. Love to see it. We want to see him thrive. Um, And particularly uh, if you follow Josh on social, you've seen that he had suffered an accident. We are glad to hear uh, that he is recovering, um, that he's on the mend. This podcast had sat for a few weeks out of respect. um, And we're just so glad that everybody gets to hear from him. Um, So yeah, give him a follow if you're not following him already. And maybe add the color map to cart. Add to cart. Also... Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions to volumeup at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Mona Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.